Hello and welcome back to The Intersect. This is Nabil here, and as a reminder, we are talking about the intersection of business, technology, and learning. Very excited to have uh, a friend of mine, and we've done a business in the past together around the area of business simulations, Miss Angela Feigl. Angela, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Nabil? Oh, I'm doing very well. I'm very excited to speak with you today about this crazy, interesting world of business simulations. But before we get into that, uh, would you mind just uh, spending maybe 30 seconds or so, just a brief moment, just describing yourself and your background? Sure, happy to. And by the way, it's my birthday today. So even oh, more happy birthday. Yes. Uh, to be on. So I'm, I'm, I'm very old. So I've been around that uh, learning sphere for quite a while. I would say in a nutshell, I'm just very passionate about learning and people development. It, it's, it's what I've been doing for my whole career, give or take for the last 22, 23 years. I, I started off with adult learning and MBA programs. I was uh, designing curriculums, high impact learning experiences, and then moved on to specialize in lever leveraging technology to create organizational and people development journeys that truly make a difference. Uh, trying, trying to make a change in people's lives through giving them a chance to learn and grow, I would say, and using the best and latest and greatest of technology to do so. So that's what uh, makes me get up in the morning. <laughs> Well, I, I, I assume you're passionate about it, but because to spend your time with me on your birthday, I, I, I do very much appreciate that. So I can tell that you're very passionate about that. So, so thanks for that. And so maybe we'll just get right into it. Um, so you do a lot now around, and, and some of the work that we've done together in the past has been around this, this idea of uh, business simulation. Now, can you just talk about uh, what it is and, and what you feel the power of doing a business simulation uh, especially at this intersection of business technology and learning is? Yeah, sure. I mean, how much time do you have? <laughs> I mean, let me try to summarize it in this way. Um, I myself have been a skeptic of learning technologies of any kind before I came across business simulations. Um, business simulations, well done and well used, that is. In a, in a nutshell, the simulation is a tool like, like a flight simulator would be for pilots. It, it's the way it is used and the journey you take participants on that will define what skills and competencies you tackle and develop. So the, the truly great part is that it can be business and management skills, obviously, but it's so much more than that. Emotional intelligence, for example, the, the simulation context and scenario, the team-based exercise, the setting, all of that is like a risk-free, super powerful environment that allows you to tap deeply into the core skills and, and develop them. So empathy, emotional intelligence, intuition, just to name a few. And, and people reveal real emotions and behaviors in the simulation because it, it looks and feels so real for them. And that allows the facilitator to help the individual to understand, to reflect, to learn, and then to grow. So it is interactive and you do it with other people, but it's a business context. However, it's risk-free. So there is no one single learning objective that cannot be tackled with business simulations values. They're really, really powerful and, and tremendously exciting and engaging for everybody. Sure. Now, a quick follow-up question for that, and thank you for that uh, that summary. I know, and, and some of our listeners may be in the same boat as me, when I first hear simulations, I think kind of what you're talking about, something very technology-based, a flight simulator, something that's going to take you into sort of a different world. But from what I hear that you're describing, it's really, correct me if I'm wrong, it's really less about the technology and more kind of about the process or, or the end goals. Is that 
is that a safe statement to make? Um, yes, the technology has to be subtle enough to take people on that journey. Mm-hmm. However, how how deep you go into the into the layers of you know how well the business model is represented or whatever that is, truly depends on the skills you want to develop. Uh, the the less technical those skills are, so when I talk about emotional intelligence, the less technically complex the simulation has to be as long as it looks real and feels real and engages them into the story uh, nothing else is needed Uh, a game as simple as candy crush can engage people for hours and hours at the time (laughs) and that that is not a very complicated game so that that it works the same way with business simulations actually how how did you know i was doing that yesterday playing candy crush this is yeah it's either that or angry birds it's always one of the two (laughs) feeling my secrets but that's okay (laughs) so uh, so could we talk Talk a little bit more about okay. So now uh, we we have a pretty good understanding of what these simulations are, how they're used, how they leverage technology, and then and, and goals. Could you talk a little bit more about maybe that next step around designing a business simulation? Like either is there a sort of a, a kind of a standard or general process that you take to get someone? Let's say you're working with a client who says, "Well, we're looking at solving this type of problem," and what's that sort of journey around designing with them that you take uh, through the lens of a simulation if you wouldn't mind sure and and journey is actually the right word because that's usually where i start so the very first step is to think what is that journey you want to take the participants on so that is the starting point what is it that you need them to see and hear and feel and experience what is it do you want to emerge them in in order to develop the skills that are um that are needed and achieve the learning goals that have been set so that is kind of the starting point and it can be as simple quote unquote as representing a business line of an organization it can be as complex as a whole industry sector or even more so it's like it's almost like writing a book actually but an interactive one where there are many many different possible outcomes that all depend on the decision these people make so it it has to be aligned with the company and the culture and the terminology of the company you are designing this for the competency framework the objectives all these kind of things and and it then has to be aligned with whatever it is that company wants to achieve on a larger scope. So you really try to um, understand that context first. You understand what is it the organization wants to achieve and what is it that, they, what the, that the people in that organization need to see and to learn in order to achieve that. Bef- that is what you have to look at before you even start the design process. So once you have that general idea and that story, you want to make sure that story looks and feels as real as possible. So you will take stakeholders and SMEs and from that company, get their feedback, and as well as SMEs and stakeholders from other companies that are within the same industry or or, or very close to it, because that is kind of the research you do. And there's a lot of reading and interviews and all these kind of things. The more information you gather the more the the realer your story feels and and once you have all that together then begins the really critical technical part the modeling that is where the magic happens because uh, some very experienced technical folks they make sure that they create a mathematical framework and the model the matrix the engine so to speak of the simulation um, that runs behind it and once that part is complete then we test it and we test it again to really make sure that 
that that that thing is as realistic as possible and then um, we 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 have the fantastic opportunity to really have some participants go through it and see you know how it all comes to pass and how it all play out when real people play the simulation so yeah it is it is a it is always the same process but it's every single time it is different unfortunately uh, except the experience there is uh, nothing you can take from one project to the other <laughs> so it sounds very immersive and not necessarily a cookie cutter approach which which is good and i imagine probably the it it uh, is a little bit different depending on the industry or the topic that um, that you are building on is that correct Absolutely. And uh, if, if you have a, a company that just, just quote unquote says, listen, we, we, we need to live a six months in the life of a VP in our organization. And then you have other companies that say, we want to see what the future, want to simulate what the future of the uh, insurance industry could look like. So mm -hmm. yes, every single time it's different. Well, hopefully the future of insurance will be cheaper, but I don't know. So I'm not holding <laughs> my breath on that one. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you if I reveal all my secrets to you, then what do I have left? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get my hands on on your modeling. So we'll we'll that's for another day. So, uh, so now that um, okay, so you've you've taken us through kind of that process of design, which sounds very intriguing and interesting. Could you talk about after people go through just through either you facilitating or designing or participating in uh, these simulations? What are some interesting or common mistakes that you see people make? in a business simulation? And I know that's somewhat of a, of a broad, broad question, but I'd be curious, like, do people come in with a certain type of attitude or do you see certain types of things that aren't necessarily, maybe focus less on the mistake and more about a teachable moment? I'd be curious if you have anything off the top of your head that you know. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, it, it might sound a little uh, basic, but like with anything in life, there, there are no shortcuts. So you want to develop skills sustainably and really make a difference, then you have to put the effort in. There is no magical solution. Uh, but if I had to name one mistake, I would say never assume that learning technologies is a build it and they will come situation. It never is. You have to make sure, even if you use the latest and greatest super fancy technology out there, that you integrate it in the learning of, you know, journey of the company that is part of a holistic approach within the organization. Whether it be recruitment or strategy or mentoring or skill development, success, succession management, it has to be a process, it has to be connected, and and you have to measure it because otherwise it might glitter, but it's not gold. And um, if you don't measure, you might actually be moving forward, but you might not know it. And then you might give up on it. And if you just throw the technology out there and think just because it's there, people will uh, engage into it and embrace it. That is, I think, the common mistake. It, it, it never happens. You have to make sure that it's all connected and people see the value of it. And you have to make them see that value. Now, do you do you have to deal a lot, maybe a follow-up to that, on helping, like whether you're working with potential or current clients, to help them see the value of uh, a business simulation around like a business case? Like, like who do you feel or maybe or who do they feel, if you have any insight on who they're competing with against? Like, do you, do you hear from a lot of people who say, well, why can't we just have a course for this or why can't we do something else and, and What's that conversation like, essentially trying to make a business case for that this is the right approach for a company? 
Yeah, that's a very good question because you still have a lot of reluctance uh, towards the use of technology in learning. I, I would say my passion and conviction is my own business case. I, I've been doing this for over 20 years and I've been part of learning programs and organizations across the globe. And I, I have lost count about the number of people I had the pleasure of facilitating for. So it must be in the tens of thousands by now, but I have never come across a tool that is more powerful, more versatile, and more impactful, as well as flexible as business simulations are. So if you design it right and then use it to its full potential, the cost per use or user is nothing. It might be less than a dollar. So if you add the ROI on top of that and the business effect of really training folks and helping them to do their job better, because most of the people in organizations really want to do it better, they just don't know how. So actually, every time you use a simulation and help them to improve that process, you make money using that sim. So I, I would say I hate when I go in an organization, I tell them stop wasting money on the wrong things that do not work and, and start doing something that works and simulation do work. Oh, very nice. Well, I, I think I'm going to have to be doing more of these myself stuff in many areas. So, <laughs> uh, so maybe uh, in, given that you, you've done a lot in the space, as you mentioned, for the past 20 or so years, uh, is there a thing, and I know you've mentioned maybe a couple kind of on the edges, uh, is there something that you, you really wish that people kind of really understood about the work that you do in this field, uh, specifically around business simulations that, that insiders like you know but the general public or the people who you speak with probably have less insight on. Um, that's an interesting question. I, I, I would say, I think in, in, in this line where, where you actually work with something that is about learning, what I would love for people to know is how much you really have to care and really deeply care about wanting to make a difference in people's and organizations' lives. You're not selling washing machines, right? You are here to, to, to try to create a journey, both for an organization as well as for people in that organization. And, and I can only succeed or people that in my field can only succeed if the organization succeeds. And that means we truly, really care that they do. And we will do everything for them to succeed because the two things are linked. And I think sometimes that is not something that is so obvious in the, in the first approach. Right. So perhaps it could be like, let's say I'm a company and I want some type of course. And I say, well, I just need this. You don't really need to know anything about my organization. Whereas from what I feel like I hear you saying is that you, A, you do need to, uh, you do need that information and, and B, the reason why is because it, it's going to help them in the long term because the more information you know, the more insight you can get, the better your delivery and the outcome's going to be. Is that safe to say? Uh, that's absolutely it. I mean, any organization has to do learning and training because otherwise they will not sustainably succeed. So you're spending money on that anyway. So the more information you give to folks like me, the more we can help find the right uh, or, you know, bring in all the experience and expertise. Also, we have seen so much out there. So let us just, you know, widen the scope a little bit and maybe help you think out of the box or get rid of the box altogether and tap into to new potential for learning and, uh, and see um, how that can really uh, help the organization and the people within grow. 
Oh, very nice. Uh, so last, uh, last serious question for you here is uh, what are the, um, like going forward, what are the, like right now, what are the hot trends that you're seeing as far as like the conversations that you're happening? I and mean, a lot of what we do or the work that we do is around digital transformation, the future of work, upskilling, reskilling people. I'd be curious. I mean, I know that there's lots of transformations happening across industries. Uh, are there certain types of trends or just common themes that you are seeing now or that you anticipate to be very hot around the corner? I, I would say digital transformation, of course, is one of the hot topics uh, right at the moment. And then um, in trying to engage five different generations of workforce within the same organizations, that are kind of the two things that I see coming up more and more right now. The, the, it is funny that you asked that because quite recently I was putting together a presentation on gamification and I looked up um, a slide deck that I used 15 years ago and the competencies that I was talking about 15 years ago are the exact same that you know people are talking about right now which is critical thinking and and which is emotional intelligence and it some of them have just a new name but in essence it's the same so I would say as much as the general target and focus point of the organization shift and transform what they need their people to be and understand and do has not changed that much if at all in the last 15 years which also means we have not been successful in really um helping these organizations taking their people picking up where they are and taking them on that journey and uh, that is I think the critical point we should stop trying to reinvent the wheel and just look at you know why is the wheel still not turning the way that we hope it will I see I was I was just thinking for a bit I was like mm, I'm pr I probably wouldn't be good working with my grandparents or my kids in the workplace so I'm probably gonna <laughs> probably gonna need some help there so uh, you'll be getting a call from me soon so uh, so last one is I know as a as a native Austrian uh, you you've uh, been in the in the states for several years and uh, you recently told me that you took the uh, a true American experience and took an RV recreational vehicle around the country. <laughs> Could you just give us some insight in on what the experience was like? Because a lot of us, I've been in one once in my entire life and I grew up in the States. So I'd be curious just to get like, uh, you know, what, what sparked that and how was it? And, and what maybe a tip that you have for, for those of us who may be as bold as you in the future. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I mean, for an Austrian, it's already very difficult to even comprehend the scale of this country on so many levels. Because, uh, I mean, in, in two hours, literally, you can cross my country. And in two hours, I have not even left the state of Texas from where I'm currently living. So the, the large scale of things and all that, that is um, something I, it, it took me a while to comprehend. But then the next thing that uh, I understood was this is one of the richest countries I've ever seen in terms of no matter where you drive, you will come across such unique experiences culturally, people-wise, and, and that is just fascinating. And there's no better way to experience that than to really embrace that um, RV way of life that uh, <laughs> it is so unique to this country. No other country in the world has that culture and, and, and does it with so much dedication. I mean, I, I've been to the uh, Universal, one of the, um, the campgrounds there. I mean, people there have Arabian night tents and with lights and music. And, <laughs> and <laughs> it, is, it is just beautiful to 
see and to be a part of that. And then they, they will just wave you over and, 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 and have you join uh, them and their family for a beer just to make your acquaintance. And um, the, the hospitality and the, the positiveness I experienced on that trip has been absolutely fantastic. And, and But to be quite honest, our fifth wheel is 42 feet long, so I'm not making too much concessions either. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm not the bold and brave camper. I would say, you know, glamping is kind of what it is. And, uh, but it has been exciting and very, very, um, very enriching and, and great fun, especially for the next generation, right? Because it's all about them. <laughs> there, we'll, well, we'll have to learn how to uh, get some insights from you on that soon as well, too. So I think that's all the time we have. So Angela, thank you very much for your, for your uh, great insight and all the work that you've done over the years in this area of gamification, business simulation. And also now I know that you are a certified RV expert. So uh, you may get some of our listeners reaching out to you about that. Just uh, there's your warning. So. There you have Sounds it. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me, Nabil. All right. Well, thank you again, and we will all talk soon. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.